Today's podcast is sponsored by Twin Wolves MMA. For one, I could speak for myself. I love training at this gym. I train here in jiu-jitsu all the time. Every time I go, I get choked out <laughs> by somebody. But it's a great atmosphere and good people to be around. Also, they do offer kids Brazilian and uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing classes. So your kids, your nephews, your cousins, anyone can train, you know, they have their little geese on. It's it's a good experience for kids to know how to defend themselves um, at a young age as well. And uh, everyone who trains there is just real welcoming, especially if it's your first time. They do work with you, and especially the professors and everyone are really good with that. So go ahead and check them out. I'll go ahead and tag them and everything below, and stay tuned. everybody i'm here with my buddy michael and he recently just started started his own business called cage breaking fitness what's up and um i kind of wanted to reach out to him and figure out what he's got going on with this because i have a feeling it'll be really good so uh michael if you want to go ahead and run a little bit through your background i guess and uh you just got your personal training certification right yeah where'd you get that I got that through ISSA, the International Sports Science Association, officially June 14th. Try saying that 10 times fast. (laughs) (laughs) Struggle, man. And currently, I am three weeks out from becoming a specialist in fitness nutrition as well, on top of that. How long long did it take you to get your... 10 weeks. 10 weeks for each one right now. Okay. So... Is it breaking up into, like, different sections, Mm -hmm. or... Full certifications. What? Yeah. My first textbook was 800 pages. I had to read that. (laughs) Big ass book, huh? (laughs) Plus Um, lectures and all that. Then, uh, was it online? Yeah, yeah, it was all online, thankfully. uh, And the Army, you know, they paid for it, which helped out a tremendous amount. It's something I wanted to do for a while. But, you know, I didn't understand how much I wanted to become a personal trainer and get into personal fitness and health and nutrition until. You know, that rhabdomyolysis accident almost took me out. Mm-hmm. After that, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I have to change something. You know, I can't risk my life trying to lose weight and whatnot again. So, so did that, was that kind of like a pivotal moment where it's like... It really was, man, because when I woke up week nine of my training regimen, my heart wasn't beating correct and I couldn't breathe on my... Like, I had to force every breath. Yeah. And at the time, you know, I've got two toddlers and I got a, my wife's pregnant. They're going to be popping a few years like... It definitely, it definitely, you know, it comes across like you need to figure something out now. So, you know, after I got released from the ER and everything like that, I looked up classes that they already had. They found a nutrition class. I took it. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of stuff, and I was like, you know what? I really like this. Let me look more. Let me step away from the medical, the true medical background aspect, and let me look at something different. So I got on my TA, found ISSA, did my reviews and everything. I was like, okay, cool. So I hit him up. They sent me the first chapter, and they told me straightforward, like, look, read this, do this, workbook. You like it, we'll go forward. If you don't like it, that's cool. We don't want to waste anybody's time. I finished mm-hmm. that first chapter workbook the night I got it, and I was, I was hooked Damn. since. So you, <laughs> I loved you just, it. Down, down the roll, right? Got you yeah. down. Uh, if you could maybe fill in a little bit what happened, or like, why were you in the ER? So like, specifically, you know, how hard were you pushing yourself, and just everything yeah. kind of, you know? So, as you know... 
besides mixed martial arts training almost every night, I was doing army unit PT in the mornings and then I would work out at lunch. So I'm working on total three, three workouts a day. Um, burning an average total between all three 2,000 calories. My BMR is 2,000 as well, so that's my body burns by itself. So at this point, I'm at you know, 4,000 calories, big number. And what got me was I was only eating 1,500 a day. You were outputting more than you were intake, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> basically every, yeah. every two days, I would, number-wise, lose a whole pound of fat every two days. So, I, and I, I didn't know any better, man. I was seeing results in the first couple of weeks, and I felt okay. Mm-hmm. Then come week nine, because it was a 12-week program I was doing, I woke up, and every, because you know how your heart does love, dub, love, dub. Mm-hmm. Every third hit, it would be really strong, and I would almost lose consciousness every time. What? Yeah, and so then you, you feel it though. Yeah, yeah, because it'd be loved up, boom, dub, and that third one hit so hard. I would, my wife, she said she was so scared because I would go to take a step uh-huh. and it would hit, and I would just almost go to drop to the floor. Right. And then on top of this, I had to force every breath. It's like my diaphragm did not want to work. Uh, could you expand your chest? Or just yeah, I could expand it, but I had to force it. I had to legitimately. Tell my brain and force myself to expand my diaphragm and breathe. Mm-hmm. And a couple hours later, I was in the ER because I started throwing up. I was like, all right, this is enough. No, I, I can't risk this. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I think, yeah. You like, I got home. drove to the hospital and everything by my best friend in battle. They wouldn't let me drive myself. They were scared that I was going to pass out in the car or something. Damn. So we get there, and, I, and I'm full on. Like, I'm, I'm in terror. I'm not going to lie. I was scared for my life. And my wife and them get here, and I pull my buddy aside. I'm like, look, anything happens, you already know what to do. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the very few times I've been legitimately scared in, of my life. Because I didn't know what was going on. Like, I have a medical background, and I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. Something's not right. Yeah. So, you know, we get in there. We talk to the doctor. They explain that I was on the verge of developing rhabdomyolysis, which would... In- what is it? Rhabdomyolysis. Uh, starts out with kidney failure and then goes forward. It's the easy way to explain it. It will shut all your organs down and kill you. It's um, an actual big thing in the, in the bodybuilding lifting world, okay. apparently. Um, you I, work out so much and you overtrain that your body cannot recycle all the breakdown tissue. And so it builds up. Uh-huh. And there's a chemical that builds up in that. And eventually that chemical shuts your, chemicals da- your kidneys down. And then goes and starts shutting other organs down, and it happens very quickly. Yeah, because I know once, because I work in dialysis, so I know once your kidneys go out, that's it. You're screwed because yeah. you're not you're not getting mm-hmm. rid of any of those toxins. You're just holding everything in yep. at that point, you know. Yep. Damn. So did they tell you like, look, you gotta cut this shit out, or you the know, ER? It was funny some thing restrictions. That, yeah, it was funny shit. The ER doctor told me straight up, go fucking eat, go go binge eat right now. <laughs> That's literally, don't you exercise, go eat. You will follow your doctor and tomorrow, but you have better had like 4,000 calories by tonight. Really? I was so like, holy crap. Flood your yeah. system with food? Yeah, and lo and behold, man, two days later, I'm feeling perfectly fine. They made me wear the heart monitor for a month and all that to make sure nothing permanent was done. Uh-huh. And at that point, you know, the good, cool part is the heart doctor was right next to the nutrition doctor. Okay. So I was like, as I'm waiting to go to my heart appointment, I'm like, what is that? And I see a flyer, like nutrition class. You know what? I'm going to do it. We got an incoming call over here. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Stevenville, Texas. That's about an hour away. So 
see. Wait, mute this. Technical difficulty. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I think we got it. It's all good. But so, so the nutritionist is right next to the heart doctor. Okay. And so I set up an appointment at the class. And at the end of the class, I was like, I want to do more with this. This is something I, I legitimately enjoyed. I learned a bunch of stuff. And so from there, I went and found ISSA, and I became a certified fitness trainer. Damn. Talk about a comeback, huh? In the ER. <laughs> yeah, like... I hear you. So uh, what gave you the idea, though, to now uh, start cage-breaking fitness? So do you, you do it with people to help their PT test or is it just people in general or people trying to get into fitness or bodybuilding or so, fighting because you know there's so we're involved yeah. with so much here at Twin Wolves yeah you know so and I'm glad for that with Twin Wolves and everything we get to work with uh, I built CBF specifically and as the name hints is cage breaking a lot of people when they're trying to meet their fitness and health goals yeah. they will plateau at some point and a lot of them they don't know or they don't have a big enough knowledge base to be able to break that plateau. So they'll keep trying, they keep trying, and I know this because I was one of them for years. And eventually they give up. And now you have nothing to show for it, even though, yeah, you were there, you were trying your best and everything, but you, you got stopped. You yeah. got stuck in a mental cage that you couldn't break out of. And our goal at CBF is to break them out of that cage and help them reach their goals. It doesn't matter if it's just a soldier, um, Jane off the street who wants to drop her blood pressure about three points, or... A mixed martial arts fighter or you know bodybuilder even I'm actually going to be working on specialization in bodybuilding soon after I finish my nutrition specialization I'm doing youth specialization then going to bodybuilding and so on and so forth what, what consists of youth specialization kids yeah but like <clears throat> like kids nutrition like that kind of stuff or like helping kids get fit or their, Phys their, uh, their physical training and their nutrition all of it combined together but it's doing it in the realm of safety. That's the number one concern with kids. Obviously, with an adult, we can say, all right, come on, man, get that, get that extra up, get that extra up, keep going, yeah, keep going. Yeah. And, we, and we know what it looks like when they're hitting their stalemate, when they're, when they're actually at their failure point. With kids, it's completely different because all their systems aren't fully developed. Mm -hmm. I can't, it's not safe to take a kid out in 100 degree heat and make him run sprints. God, no, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. He might get three or four out, and then he's in the ER later that night because he's overtaxed his... Uh, thermogenic system, and he couldn't keep his temperature down. Especially here in Texas. Exactly. It's about, it's about 100 degrees outside right now. Yeah, exactly. I sweated walking to my car. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> And so, um, so that's pretty good because you see with kids playing football, you know, out in this heat, do you agree with that? Kids playing tackle football in this heat then? Because that in itself is, you know, youth. That's the youngest. So I agree under proper supervision which is another reason I'm doing the youth specialization. Okay. I've actually already been hired as a fitness trainer for New Swag Nation, which is a mentorship program under a Sergeant First Class that I work with named Whitworth. Okay. He's running it out of Colleen. I think I know that person. He's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> he hired me as, as a fitness trainer for the business, and obviously our main group of kids is going to be, you know, like 5 to 17-year-olds. Okay. And I am completely okay with outdoor sports under the proper safety and guidance. Okay. So, you know, every down, get, get them water. Make sure, period, get them water every down. The easiest, safest way. If you notice some, one of your, them having a weird behavior, he's slurring up a little bit, he's not walking straight, pull them off immediately. You're done. That's it. Just the basic guidelines to keep people safe. When you follow that, it's okay, you know? But when you have those individuals that... They're 
living vicariously through the kids and they get too much into it, mm-hmm. that's where my issue stems, obviously. Gotcha. Yeah, you see that a lot, especially and, with like dads and their sons, you know? And that's the problem because let your child enjoy their life. You had yours, mm-hmm. okay? If you're letting something like peewee football mess with <laughs> you as a grown man, yeah. you have some issues you need to sort out. I got you. But it's also, my, uh, my little brother is horribly obese. Okay. And he is 13, and he's about 150 pounds. Is that obese? Well, how, how? He's like 4'6". Four, 4'6"? Six. Four, six. Yeah, he's, he's, he's short. Okay. Like, I'm 5'9", and he's not even up to my chest, bro. Oh, shit. And uh, before he came and lived with us for a two-month period, it was either one month or two months, I can't remember exactly, his doctor told my mom straight up, you either do something now or he's going to have a heart attack. That's how obese he is. At that young? He has a BMI of over 50% when he came to me. It was 56 when he came to me. That's dangerous. Yeah. Within one month, he had already lost 16 pounds of being with me and my wife. Proper eating, training, and everything. What did you have eating? Full meals. So, obviously his meals were guided towards fat loss, but he was eating instead of just... You know, bread and cheese and candy all the time. <laughs> he was getting lean meats, vegetables, you know, complex and non-complex carbs, and he was getting everything portioned out and what he needed. What's the difference between a complex and non-complex carb? Uh, the way they digest. Okay. So you have, I say complex and non-complex, but really it's high glycemic and low glycemic, and they cause, it's how your body reacts to them. Okay. So... High glycemic carbs, they they take a lot, and the body doesn't like them that much, so it spikes your blood sugar, okay. which is typically not a good thing, especially for someone with diabetes, they have to be careful because that blood sugar spike can send them into a diabetic coma, where low glycemic, it doesn't jump the blood sugar a lot, Okay. so that's like your, your slow digesting carb. Okay. So when you see like on the labels like total carbohydrates, it covers both. Okay. So Which is not a bad thing. You uh, do need your mix of high glycemic and low glycemic carbs. It's just you have to be careful because of the blood spike and everything like that. Because over time, if somebody's constantly eating high glycemic index carbs, they can develop type two diabetes. Okay. So like you know with the like ketogenic diet, how mm-hmm. they eat like oh next to like. Yeah. Little to nothing carbs. Yeah. So when they're cutting that out, how is that affecting them? So for their body, what happens is in our normal state, right, we eat carbs. So we will process carbs and we will continue to use carbs as a main energy source, especially for the brain. Yeah. Sure. Main source. This is only a source for the brain. Exactly, actually. So what happens is when you transition from a normal, normal diet to a ketogenic diet, it takes anywhere from 7 to 14 days for your body to fully transition over into ketosis. That's where you actually start producing ketones in which the body will no longer require, uh, use carbohydrates for an energy source. It'll now use the ketones that are being produced instead. Okay. So currently there are, you basically have two primary fuel sources that the human body can function off, completely functional, mm-hmm. and that's carbs and ketones. So, the thing, though, is everybody wants to hop on the ketogenic diet. Yeah, that's just the new thing now, yeah. man. I work in a hospital. I got nurses. Like, I'm doing keto, you know? So, they're jumping on it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, 
for those people that are able to do it, it's great. The problem is not everybody's body is actually designed to do keto. Okay. So my body can't handle a full keto diet. I've tried it before. I've tried it several times, and it my body is not made for it. Yours could be, but there's no guarantee until you were to try it. And the easy way to tell is you start the keto diet. Yeah, so by, how do you know? Whatever, yeah. yeah. So after one to two weeks, you should start to stop feeling so sluggish and drained, and you should start feeling like your old self, possibly even better energy level-wise. Okay. That means your body has actually transitioned over into ketosis successfully. So now you're running off ketones, and you will, from that point forward, be able to survive basically without carbs, in essence. For people whose bodies don't like it, you're going to stay that sluggish, low energy until you stop the diet. Gotcha. Man. Yeah, because I know, like, a lot of the nurses are like, man, like, I'm so tired. I was like, did you just start that keto thing? I was like, like, maybe you should look into that a little more, you know, see if you're doing it right and see if you're actually, like, made for it because we're not all made to do the same things in the same diet, you know? An easy way for people to gauge is they can start to slowly cut their carbs down. Mm -hmm. So brain function established through the FDA and a bunch of other administrations, mm-hmm. health administrations, 150 grams of carbs a day is your minimum required for brain function. Optimal. Right? For the average. Yeah, for the average. So what you do is, for one week, you bring it down to 100. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to feel a little eh, Jeez. but you should be able to survive. <laughs> then the second week, you bring it down to 50. You'll either do one of two things. You'll either get really sluggish or you'll kind of start to meander, uh-huh. almost going up and down for a little bit. At that point, you drop it to about 25 if you have a meandering flame. If not, you'll already know. You need to go back up. Your body needs to operate with carbs. But if at, 20, at 25 at that point, you should start to go back up. And then you know that your body was made for ketosis and to be able to use a ketogenic diet successfully. So with, like, your brother, for example, you said you lost 16 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you see a difference in him with you changing his diet as opposed to, you know, him eating tons of carbs and I'm sure, like, you know, some sugar and all that stuff? Yeah, he, um, he had more energy from what I noticed. Mm-hmm. He was able to, exercise-wise, his exercise actually shot up very quickly. But he also had never worked out before, so that was to be expected. Um, his sweat was no longer, after about two weeks, his sweat was no longer stinky. So, yeah. So a lot of people with bad nutritional habits, their yeah, sweat actually stinks. Yeah. yeah. His, his wasn't like that anymore. Um, he was more excited. He, his cognitive ability increased a bit. You could see it. And his ability to remember things and, and to find patterns and whatnot. And he didn't go on ketogenic. He just went on a good diet. Yeah, proper. And so, yeah. What kind of uh, physical activities did you have? (laughs) (laughs) So in army terms, he was getting smoked (laughs) a lot. Um, Mainly it was body weight stuff because obviously him being barely a teenager, I wasn't going to run the risk of injuring his growth plates, having him lift. So, you know, push-ups, squats, sit-ups, Flutter kicks, running, yeah, just straight body weight stuff because that's all he needed. I mean, his body weight was high enough alone. It was it was the perfect amount for him to be able to use and actually have success, and we saw it. You know, had he behaved better, he would have gone longer with us, but it is what it is. And now, 
sadly, he's going back to my parents. Well, my mom must have dead. He's gained all the way back and whatnot. He's back downhill again. But you know what? I did my best and I did my what was asked of me. So, I mean, you know, that is unfortunate, especially um, with a kid. You know, because a kid's going to do what they want, but, you know, they just need the proper guidance and structure to actually put them in the right direction all in all. What you can do? Yeah, I understand. It's a different subject. Um, so, with you trying to uh, reach out into you know all these different sections, uh, would you recommend different diets with the people doing different activities? You know how you said like not everyone's body is made for a keto. Mm-hmm. You know, so would a bodybuilder be able to do a keto diet or a CrossFitter? Actually, yes. So there are some famous bodybuilders that follow keto, and there are famous CrossFitters that do keto. It just depends really on what your body is built for. Um, you're going to have some the bodybuilders that are stick with a standardized diet, high carb, you know, good fat, good high protein, and it works for them. That's what their body is, you know. Dudes bring in four or 500 calories a day, but these are guys that are walking around 280, 300 pounds of pure freaking muscle. That's what their body's built on. That's what it's designed for. And then you have the bodybuilders that are fully ketogenic, and it's the same process. Because all they did was change the energy source. They're still getting their primary energy source. It's just no longer carbs. It's the ketones. So they're barely eating any carbs at all, and they're eating a ton of fat and protein. Gotcha. And fish. Mm. So did you... uh, Who's who's the recent guy you've been training? Right, you were telling me earlier about a guy who did his PT test. Right, he was doing bad or something. Yeah, so his name is Hicks, and he's a good friend of ours. He's actually an investor in the company as well. So he has had issues with his physical fitness before. Okay. And so he came to me. He's like, "Look, man, I need help. I am. They're about to chapter me out the army. I don't want to get out. I enjoy the army." He's like, "But I am having trouble on the PT test." He's like, it's just the push-ups. Ever since I got here a year ago, man, it's just I, I can't, I can't keep consistently hitting what I need to. And this is just the minimum. So what's the minimum in the army? Uh, for him, it's like forty-five. Something 45 like forty, forty-five. Yeah, All in, in two minutes. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so you have the people that are that are good at that kind of stuff. Like me, I'm good at push-ups. That's my thing. I knock out my minimum in the first half minute. Yeah. And then you I'm, have some. I'm terrible at pull-ups. Pull-ups. I am terrible at pull-ups, man. I don't know what, dude. I don't know what it is, but when it comes to pull-ups, I can in a row. I can probably knock out fifteen, and I'm done. You got me beat. I can knock out five pull-ups straight. <laughs> yeah, see. It's just... But I mean, I'm a bit bigger, so. And so, but Hicks, he came and he's like, I, I need your help. I was like, okay. So, the first night, which was last Thursday, he worked out with me, and obviously he's not. I'm putting him through hell. But it's because I know what he needs because he's an ectomorph. His body type is super skinny. I've got to break major plateaus with him to get progress because that's his genes taking effect there. So he went from 10 push-ups that Thursday night to 21 last night with doing circuits. We started out at... uh, 30 reps circuit, then it would break down 5 reps every time to 25, then 20, 15, 10, 5. And it was following push-ups, sit-ups, squats, sledgehammers, uh, air bike, and then a lap run. And we had a, we had a warm-up because 
every, every before you do any exercise, you should always warm up. And you know, I drop down, I do my warm up, and I get up from the push ups, and he's still pushing. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, huh? I'm like, you're on the warm up, man. He's like, oh. <laughs> I thought we were started. He's, he's like, dude, I just knocked out 21. He gets up and he's so happy. I'm like, we got progress. All right, good. It's working. So it's that, you know, that excitement. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's worth it. So I, I definitely expect when his PT test comes, it'll be a breeze. Because for him to drop down and knock out 21 cold mm-hmm. was amazing. When he used to barely be able to knock out 10 cold. I'm talking, he would struggle the entire minute, two minutes to get the minimum out. And do you play sports or anything like that? Or so just... I did football and powerlifting in high school and college. Oh, okay. So I, uh, yeah, that was my big thing. Uh, <laughs> high school, I took fourth out of the nation in the 198-pound class. I usually weighed in at about 184, which put my looks coefficient really high, which helped me out in the ratings. And the highest I've ever done was a 500-pound squat, 300 bench press, and 500-pound deadlift. In that weight class. 500 pound deadlift? That was a fight there. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough one. Like, trying to get it up. Oh, dude, that was, that, man. that was a mean one. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was watching a documentary on Netflix, uh, Born Strong, mm. something like that. And uh, what's his name? Eddie, Eddie Strongman or something like that. Eddie Hall? Eddie Hall, yeah, but that was the documentary. And Jesus, dude, these dudes are like deadlifting over a thousand pounds. Six five, you know, six seven. These dudes are monsters. Just uh, eating, you know. They were saying like, yeah, I force feed my body every time. Like I'm struggling to intake, and you just keep eating, and you force feed, and you force feed, because they're not yep. eating to get like the nice physique, you know. Like, no, they're eating. The, the, the dude was <laughs> saying on there, he's like, no, he's like, if you have a six pack, he's like, oh, he's like, you're not gonna have a six pack doing this. He's like, you're gonna have a keg. He's going to have a big belly. He's like, you just eat and you eat. And you know what's funny about that, though, is he says that, but if you look at Bjornsson Hothrasa, the Icelandic guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has a six-pack. And he deadlifts over a thousand. He's done (laughs) strongman competitions right alongside Eddie Hall chasing him. Mm -hmm. And he's got a six-pack. The dude is like... The the fittest giant I've ever seen in my life yeah, because what's his move? like he squishes someone's head with his hand or something in Game of Thrones it's like yeah I think so yeah something but, like but that. I mean this guy had like an over thousand pound deadlift and he has a six pack so it's obviously that it can be done you just need I almost had to say it but the proper genetics with the proper nutrition oh you do for because sure. you can look at his body type and tell he is a mesomorph, which is basically the genetic godsend. Mm-hmm. They build muscle easily. They don't retain fat. It's like you are so lucky. Yeah, what is it? It's endomorph, which is the tall and skinny? No. So yeah. ectomorph is the tall and skinny one. Okay, then you have mesomorph, which is the genetic godsend again. They can <laughs> build muscle very easily. They uh-huh. don't hold fat. It takes a lot for a mesomorph to get fat. Like purposeful, horrible eating to get the fat. Then you have the endomorph, which is somebody who can gain mass very easily, both muscle and fat. So, like for me, I am endomezo. So I'm a blend of the endomorph and the mesomorph because I gain mass very easily, muscle mass very easily, and I just have difficulty losing fat. I don't gain fat very easily, but it's for me to lose it <laughs> and okay, so what would I when I look at you you're going to be primarily mesomorphic but you have ectomorphic properties okay. because you're not this big bulky guy you're definitely you've got the rip you've got the fitness which goes with the mesomorph okay. but I know for you 
it would be more difficult for you to put on mass. Yeah. But she'll never be a toothpick. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually recently got into uh, CrossFit, to be honest. Like, I was like, you know what, like, I always see it. So I went with my cousin down the street. I think it's 254 Mm -hmm. CrossFit. And, uh, (laughs) dude, so first day, you know, they just put me right in. You know, we were just deadlifting. So we deadlift for, like, two minutes, right? Uh, Or... A minute and a half, and then you jump to bench, and then you jump to pull-ups. Mm-hmm. So we're doing 250, I think, deadlifting, something like that. So, you know, you knock it out, and then we went to bench. It was just, like, 135. And then pull-ups. So you see how CrossFit dudes, like, they do that whole thing. The up yeah, yeah, the whole thing like that. So, you know, I was, I was trying to keep going, but I was like, well, let me try and get myself a little boost. So I did that. I kind of shucked my legs off. Yeah. And I didn't have grips. I had nothing on my hand. Oh. I had no fucking uh, chalk nothing and everyone's all nice they have what they need and I did it and my hands fell off and whap <laughs> I landed right right here I landed Ooh. right here just Damn. everyone heard the flap on the floor some girl was like oh my god and they all ran and I was I was laughing on the floor I was like damn it <laughs> they're like are you in pain I was like I feel like I just got hip tossed but otherwise yeah I was like not really I was like I, they're like you could have broke your neck I was like We'll see. I was like, just continue. You know? So uh, I didn't feel it till like an hour or two later after. I was like, yeah, okay. I <laughs> like, um, people give CrossFit a lot of shit, and but it works. And in reality, they're giving them shit because it's almost a cult-like thing. But you cannot argue the results of CrossFit. You can't. Uh-huh. I, well, Matt I Frazier and all the other guys like you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you can't argue it, man. It gets results. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, was, I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and there was a guy um, saying, though, basically he doesn't, I don't want to recode him wrong, but he doesn't think it's smart to be sore, okay? Mm. So you're saying he doesn't think it's smart to be sore because <laughs> you want to plan for longevity. You know, you want to be able to keep going for years and years and years, yeah. 70s, be able to work out. So he's saying when you tax out your system... Like in CrossFit, how you're pushing and pushing, you're killing yourself every time, you know, for a workout that you're not setting yourself out better for the next day. You know, it's like, I, I see what he's saying, but a lot of people care about like the way you look, you know, yeah. or if you're really so, competing. I completely agree with him because even my, my training spe- state specifically, if you're doing hit based training, you know, CrossFit high intensity interval training yeah. twice a week at most. Because you need that much recovery time from it. So, I definitely agree with what he's saying. Because, like, you have the people that are doing CrossFit workouts every day, five times a a week. And that is extremely taxing on the musculoskeletal system, the CNS, all that. So, I can see where he's coming from because as fit as you are, you do that for 20 years straight, five days a week your body's going to at some point tell you no. And it's going to be sooner than later. Yeah. yeah. Doing those high fucking snatches and throwing it <clears throat> Yeah, just like I know that once I get to my goal weight and all that, I'm, I'm cutting my workouts down. I'm only doing three days right now to help make it easier to get there. Because mm-hmm. I'm still eating a lot. I'm eating, my goal is 3,000 a day in calories, okay. almost 300 grams of protein, almost 200 of carbs, 130 of fats. <clears throat> for my body type so but I'm only that much because of how active I am yeah 
once I actually meet my goal weight and I just have to maintain at that point, I'm not doing three days anymore because so it's just, just so taxing. Weight. Yeah, once I get there. Okay. Because there's, there's a difference between, like, shooting for a physique goal and there's a difference between trying to lose weight. You know, if you mm-hmm. ask a female, you know, mostly, a lot of the women I talk to, they're like, I want to get a butt. You know, if they don't have a butt, I'm like, all right, well, what are you doing? They're like, well, like, I mean, like, I squat. I'm like, I was like, see, but you're not trying to go for the weight. You don't want to weigh this much. You know, if you get on that scale, it says, like, 130. You're like, oh, my gosh, you know? Yeah, they That's want the physique. That's a good-sized woman right there. Depending but, on the height, yes. Yeah, depending on you know, the physique. <laughs> but for the most part, like, they want more of the physique as opposed to the weight. Yeah. You know, so you got to understand, like, what you're actually doing. True. And for us as like BJJ practitioners and mixed martial artists, the weight class is more important than what you look like. Yeah. Because, you know, for a guy me, 5'9", currently at 205, when I get down to 170s, I'm going to look good. Yeah. I'm, 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 period. But at the same time, I'm married. My wife thinks I'm look good. (laughs) So what am I worried about, you know? I don't care. All it does is it's going to make my life easier. It's going to make me healthier in the long run. It's going to make me able to participate in in the class that I want to and follow my dreams more on that side of things. So, you know, once I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm set. I just need to stay there. Okay. I'm not worried about having the biggest traps in Texas or, you know, <laughs> being able to run 10 miles in 20 minutes. I, I couldn't care less about that. Okay. I'm just, I want to get that number there because when that number's there, I know I'm going to look good. There's no question. I, I won't have enough body fat to not look good. <laughs> I can't fix my face, but, okay. you know, body <laughs> I So. Yeah, if you look at any, like, dude that does, like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu except, you know, like Jameer, you know, that dude's pretty swollen and jacked, you know. Jameer is ripped, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's the black belt here at uh, Twin Wolves. But uh, it's very rare you see a grappler who's like, you know, super jacked or super swole besides like Mitch, you know. Derek. Yeah, you know, so we got a few out of the bunch, but for the most part, like if you see a jiu-jitsu guy walking the street, you wouldn't know if besides his ears or something like that. Like they just don't stand out. Yep. You know, they, they're not flaunting around, you know, right? They just chill, relax. And yet, they're also some of the strongest individuals that are walking around because of the functional strength that gets developed through BJJ. Because me, like, you know Eric, right? Eric. The purple belt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm actually sponsoring him. Yeah. <clears throat> isn't, he, isn't there a Masters this week or something? Yeah, right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't think he's going, but could be wrong. Um, but so, cause he was moving into this new house like two years ago, oh, okay. but so I'm sponsoring him and the workout that I'm going to build for him is based around all Brazilian Jiu Jitsu movements. Okay. And all it takes is a little bit of thought process and you figure it out. Okay. Like a biceps curl. Would you think it'd have any place in a BJJ realm, right? If you just immediately thought a bicep curl, would you think it had a chance of being useful in the, in the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world I without think- more than a second thought, just like a glance? No. So I would say no, but I could... Ah. See, it depends, because <clears throat> if you do build your muscle, like that'll help you like be able to pull someone over. So check it. Way. Exactly, that's the point. If you've got somebody in your guard, right, or you're mounted on them, yeah, right, you hook that lapel and that collar, right, mm-hmm. and you want to pull them to you, what muscle group are you using right there? I'm using my forearm and bicep. Exactly. You're performing a bicep curl when you pull them to you. So... One of the exercises is, you know, like three sets of bicep curls with a five-second hold. Why? 
Because at the apex of your movement, you're not just going to pull somebody up to you in a BJJ room and then drop them right back to the floor. So are you going to be holding, like, for restriction, or are you going to have him holding it in a he'll ha He'll be holding a weight, uh -huh. but he's going to curl it to the apex of the movement and hold that for five seconds at the top. Why? Because it simulates me pulling somebody up, and that gives me five whole seconds to do whatever my other, the other parts of my body need to do to set up for that submission of that sweep. Okay. Because if I grab you by your lapel and I pull you to me, I'm not just going to drop you right back down, right? That makes no sense. Yeah. I'm probably going to hold you and okay. do whatever I'm planning to do. So it's, it's taxing that same group. So by making him do a bicep curl with a hold, it's the same process. Gotcha, <clears throat> gotcha. Okay, I see the logic, man. So how do you feel? Uh, so are all the workouts, like what would you do for like leg exercise? You know, because if you're implementing your weights, like, mm -hmm. and you're really applying it just to BJJ, since he's a purple belt, you yep. know, what would you, what would you do in that instance? So, know? like, okay, one of the ones for legs, leg extensions. Very simple. Why? Butterfly guard. Yeah. Because if I'm on my back, right? Okay. Got the guy here, and I'm in, I've got my butterfly hook set yeah, in, you right? You have to see Michael right now. Bam. <laughs> but same thing, right? If I want to get this guy off of me and throw him, uh -huh. I'm kicking my leg. I'm doing a leg extension to throw him over me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same process. So if he's doing low rep, high weight as an explosive exercise with leg extension, it follows the same thing because it's that sudden burst on a lot of weight. Because when I want to get this guy off of me mm -hmm. and reposition myself, all I'm going to do is kick him over out of my butterfly guard. Wouldn't you want to have like endurance on your muscles though? So wouldn't you want more reps? Or? Well, not in that scenario. Okay. And that's because of the energy system used. He will be doing exercise and lifts also for muscular endurance. Uh -huh. <clears throat> but in that example, it would be for an explosive tech. Okay. So like how the bicep curl with a five second hold, that's muscular endurance. Because you're, you're activating that muscle group the entire time. Constantly, yeah. Where for that specific butterfly escape, it's an explosive one-second move. So, boom. Gotcha. Two different energy systems. Okay. So, what about... I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a... Excuse me. A few posts on, like, YouTube, and it shows, like, a bodybuilder versus jiu-jitsu guy, right? Mm -hmm. And if you see how <clears throat> slow a bodybuilder moves, you know, that guy looks tough on the street, but he can't do... He mm -hmm. can't move your shit. You know, he can't... He can't Move it. He can't even bend his arm like this, you know. So you can't. How do you expect to wrap? Yep. Or anything, you know. Yep. Um, That's because BJJ practitioners, martial artists, and, and things like that, people like that, it's functional strength. <clears throat> Where a bodybuilder is for show, and a powerlifter is for power, per se, right? Like, <clears throat> what we do now is functional. It's everyday usage strength. Remember when I was a powerlifter, I couldn't do a pull up to save my life. Could not. But I could bench 300 pounds. Do you think I'd be able to do a pull-up? No, I couldn't do it. Got into mixed martial arts, a year of solid active training, and I was doing pull-ups with my legs raised with no problem. I would at my house hop on our outside porch, grab a beam, and feet up in the air with me, even with my body, just knock out 20 like it was nothing. <clears throat> it's functional strength. Gotcha. So, like, for instance, me, so I don't do strict... CrossFit, mm -hmm. but I like the workouts that they do, you know, so I like the high, like, cardio, because, dude, I love, like, <clears throat> leaving the gym just drenched in sweat. Oh, bro, like, you know. our workout last night was so hard, my nipples are <laughs> chafed. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you, they're it's chafed just, and they hurt right now. Put some tape on them, <clears throat> man. Um, but, you know, like, I really enjoy the workouts, so I was learning, like, uh, 
getting better more on my like form. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to fuck up myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I love the constant endurance on it with that somewhat heavy weight, you know, because you're not maxing out with your stuff for the most yeah. part unless you know on max day. But I don't max out, so like when I'm constantly doing these snatches, I'm like, man, like I think. Honestly, I think CrossFit is a huge advantage when you're also doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but you have to also work on being flexible, you know, because yeah. you need that constant, like, torque, you know, the wah, like the snaps to throw somebody yep. over or to, you know, pull somebody back or just the constant just yep. boom, 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 snatch and pulling, you know. I think, honestly, anybody could be phenomenal if they, if they combine parts of everything because, let's be real, you got... The guy who is just a boxer, right? Okay. Well, if you've got a wrestling or a BJJ background, all you got to do is grab his foot and get him to the ground. That's it. You win. He can't do shit. I know. I know. I then, know Conor McGregor was just dying <clears throat> inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the Floyd and him fight, man. Oh, yeah. my. Was, there was a comment he made. He was like, he's like, I'd reach, I'd kill you if this was a real fight. Yep. The, and yep. he's 100% right. He exactly. He murder yes. him if this was a real yes. fight. One kick. You'd blow out yep. his knee. Yeah. But then take the BJJ guy, strictly BJJ, never lifted weights or anything in his life, right? He gets in a street fight with a massive, like, 300-pound behemoth. Most likely, he will still win, but the problem is he's going to be extremely restricted on his movement if he's not a high-level BJJ guy. Mm -hmm. Because that guy is so much more massive than him, and he mm -hmm. has no strength. So now we take the BJJ practitioner, we put him in a lifting regiment, right? Mm -hmm. Now you've got the best of both worlds. Now it doesn't matter if you're 300 pounds because I have the strength to move you. Now I add in that experience and that technique over years and years of practice. I have no, not a single drop of fear in my body as I walk the streets because I know what I can do and I know how strong I am. Am I going looking for fights? Hell no. That's not how we roll. That's not how martial artists are. But if we ever get in one... For the guys that are truly trying to become the best they can be, it's no worry. Because we're going to use the best of both worlds. We always want to progress. We want to take what works and keep it. We want to throw away what doesn't. Just like Bruce Lee said, find what's, what's work, what works best for you out of other things and keep that. If you bring in stuff and it doesn't work, get rid of it. That's how he made Jeet Kune Do. He combined the best parts of multiple arts to make it. And then you end up with a guy who can play ping pong with nunchucks. What? You didn't see that video? No, it was a video. Go look that up. He is playing legitimate ping pong with nunchucks against two professional players, beating them. <laughs> I wonder what workouts he was doing for that. Just constant practice. But I think the best can be accomplished by using everything. I mean, what, what has been accomplished by sticking to a singular trail and not venturing off of it? Science, medicine, technology fitness, cooking, you know? Yeah, you gotta do something new every time. Yeah, so if you take what's best, you will make the best situation possible. So in this case, you have the BJJ guy that also goes and lifts, and he pushes his body, taxing it in a different way. So it grows in a different way, stronger, combining both together, and you get the ultimate individual over time. Gotcha. Like, if you didn't do any CrossFit, you'd probably barely ever be able to move me, right? Yeah. I bet you now if we rolled, you'll probably move me easier <laughs> because you developed that strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That torque, you know, just that movement of strength. That explosiveness. Gotcha. Yeah. That's why it's so noticeable when 
like say you don't know somebody but you know they did wrestling you know they have done wrestling because they are just go go <clears throat> yep. go they they don't stop they just keep moving forward you know <laughs> like uh where's that training i think i just went to open mat one time at sas around here and this dude like we were going and he boom took my legs i was like oh and i got him in my guard but he was just <clears throat> pressing and pressing i was like shit I was like, well, you know, he looked somewhat new. He's like, yeah, he's like, I did wrestling now. He's like, ah, that's, that's where it is. That's why he's just constantly going, you know. Yeah. So we, we had um one night we had a brand new guy who was here. He's a wrestler. I could tell immediately too. And I was just like, bro, you need to relax. You're gonna burn out. He's like, no, man, I'm not gonna, uh-huh. I'm not gonna burn out. And he was slowly burning out. All I'm doing is sitting there, just holding him in guard and just waiting. I'm like, all right, uh-huh. that works for you. I'll just sit here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's it's definitely tricky. Uh, but I totally agree on taking the best of everything, you know, and, like, even using, like, different, like, types of <coughs> weights, like, you know, the Onnit Academy, mm-hmm. like, when they use those steel macing, mace things, like, I, I would be confused on how I would even use those. Sledgehammer. It's just like a sledgehammer, man. But, like, you know, they whoop it around, like, you do it, it's just, like, it get all, I don't know, you know. It's just, it's full body movement. They just, they just took using a sledgehammer and made it complicated. I hate to say <laughs> that. That's really what happened. Because you can literally take a sledgehammer and do the exact same thing. There are varying weight sledgehammers as well. Uh-huh. But I think with the sledgehammer, all the weight is in the tip, right? I yeah, think. I mean, those maces are pretty heavy on the tip, too. That's yeah, about. they got like a bigger on bar or something. Yeah, and there's right? just a bar. I mean, it's the same thing. I just they're doing more stuff with it. That's all just more complex movements. I got you. So behind CBF is the whole philosophy taking the best of everything, or are you going to have like certain individuals? do specific things, I guess. So, Cause like, it's... Because, like, Eric, you know, yeah. BJJ, he's not going to be doing, like, CrossFit stuff, I'm assuming, right? Or is he... Well, some of his workouts may be based around HIT training, but everybody can conform to a little bit of something. So, yeah, I'm going to be taking the best of everything, but I have to individualize their plan enough for them to see success, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't take... Um, an ectomorph who wants to gain muscle and pack on a lot of mass and have him go run three miles a day. Not going to work, you know? Okay. But having him go through some CrossFit or in good nutrition, having him th- go through some powerlifting and whatnot, yeah, it's going to help him a lot. Same thing for Eric. Eric's goal is to lose weight as well. So if I build him a workout regimen that focuses with BJJ and maybe a little compound of CrossFit, to bring in those results, then boom. Because now he develops all-around explosive strength, endurance, and BJJ technicality strength. Gotcha. Okay. I dig that. I dig that. Um, I think it's awesome what you're definitely doing, especially uh, with that dude with that PT test. You know, I mean, I think on a small scale, uh, what stood out to me for sure was um, when you said, you know, he kept going with those push-ups. And he was just happy that he could do those push-ups, you know. I think stressing your body at least once a day, doing anything, you know. Uh, like, I work, like, why do you work out so much? I'm like, like, I love it. You know, like, I love, like... That, that feeling yeah, you get. Yeah, because you feel exhausted and you feel good because you need to just stress your body. Cause that's how you adapt. That's how you learn, you know, well, I'm not good at this, you know. So, like, when I said I wasn't good at pull-ups, you know, I'm working on my pull-ups now. I just know that's somewhere I lack. Yeah. You know, so you need to make sure you do everything to know where you Yeah. Stand. You need to continually build your strengths while focusing on your weakness. 
Because if you focus just on the weakness and don't build anything else, then eventually all the other stuff's going to drop off. I got you. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being on the podcast. and Thank you for I, having me, man. How this you say was your last fun. name, bro? <laughs> Bellot. Bellot. So <laughs> I want to thank Michael Bellot for uh, coming on the podcast today. And I will be posting uh, all information on Cage Breaking Fitness. And uh, feel free to contact me or him um, if you're looking for any sort of fitness or nutrition or just getting your life together. We'll see you soon.